Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Empowering Family Caregivers show on Blog Talk Radio. I am Linda Burhans, a caregiver advocate, author of the book, Good Night and God Bless, and your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. Today we will be talking about embracing enrichment in a community-based living residence. To help shed light on this, I am very pleased to introduce our distinguished guest, Joe Carella, who is the executive director of the nonprofit Scandinavian Living Center, a unique assisted living residence that allows seniors to remain a part of the community. He is also the author of Unlimited Options for Aging, Common Sense Awareness from Scandinavia, and will be publishing an updated edition in 2016. He has spent his career as a senior care administrator and advocate. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's great. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Tell me, what is the unique about the model and philosophy at the Scandinavian Living Center? Well, the Scandinavian Living Center was put together based on research. Uh, I, I was fortunate to go out to Scandinavia about 20, 15 years ago. And what the uniqueness is that we really have knocked down those institutional walls. We're connected to the community like no other. And we're small. We're 40 apartments, traditional assisted living. And we actually have close to, if not more, uh, um, 2,000 guests a month. And we're not counting family members or friends wow. of residents living here. We actually connect residents to their neighbors and friends, but we're finding now that we're connecting neighbors, the community. Yes. Small assisted living is pretty powerful. Very powerful. You personally spent time in uh, Scandinavian countries studying this model. Um, what did you learn there, and why is it so powerful that you felt you wanted to replicate that here in the U.S.? Well, in the mid-'90s, I, had, I, I took two trips out to Scandinavia looking for answers. Uh, I was running a, uh, an old-fashioned retirement home called the Swedish Home, and we needed to upgrade. I had the support of a foundation grant, Charles Farnsworth Trust, and the board of directors made up of Scandinavians. Uh, very supportive of having me go and find answers. So I went and I visited cl- over 40 facilities, uh, close to 60 actually, speaking to people. And I remember they were light years ahead of us. And this is 20 years ago. And at the very, and it was ironic because the very last day of my trip, I was exhausted and homesick, and I wanted to get home. And I wanted to stay. I drove two hours from Oslo, and I was going to stay at this place for 20 minutes, be polite, and take the rest of the day off. And that trip, that visit changed my professional life. I, they basically put it all together. And I came home, and I had to prove that the Scandinavian principles not only made sense, that there was American research to support it. Yeah. 
So the four principles, if I if I can discuss them briefly, and the first three are common sense. And I think 20 years ago they might have been buzzwords and people maybe didn't understand it, but I do feel that we have come a long way where the consumer, elders, you and I, are looking for this as we move into housing uh, environments. And then not just aging housing environments. I, I would say this works in all types of housing. Now, the first principle is maintaining our residential reality. I mean, we're so used to having this institutional reality. A hundred years ago, we had to come up with a solution for our aging population, and we created these efficient models based on the hospital care. And then that was okay, but it wasn't the answer. We, there was a disconnect from neighbors. In a sense, we took our elders, or any population that was in need, and we separated them from the rest of the community. And interestingly, when I talk about this, someone has used that famous phrase, it takes a village. And if you think about it, when you separate the most important part of the segment, the elders who have all this wisdom and all this experience from the rest of the community, all the neighbor, all that village, you don't have a village anymore. So that's kind of how we look at it to help understand these principles. So, and, and there was a wonderful uh, analogy that someone gave me in Scandinavia, and this, and, and this was true then. It's still, unfortunately, true today. If someone jumps off a building halfway down, you're still fine. And then, and, and this is what we do. We put new wallpapers. We create these country club-like atmospheres that, to, to impress children of aged parents. But then you land, and, and the landing is the disconnect, the institutional reality that gets created. So when we were building the Scandinavian Living Center, for an example, we created these single-loaded corridors where when you open the apartment, you see nature. There's windows on one side, and that pays benefits because having residential reality is just one part of the solution. It's part of the building block. Now, the second principle maintaining our lifestyle. Now, I hope you're noticing that I'm not saying maintaining their lifestyle or I'm not saying maintaining their residential reality. I use the word our because when you start to separate a population and say it's their reality, it's their lifestyle, it's institutional thinking. So when I say our, it makes sense for you and me and everybody. Yes. so some wonderful some some examples. I'll, I'm trying to get through the first three principles. I really want to focus on community-centered living. But we created 100% handicap accessibility, universal design. We wanted that. We asked for it. At the time, the architects pushed back and says, "Well, you only need 10%." Now we had 40 apartments, and that was the mentality. I mean, we you, when someone moves in, you walk into your place, and maybe three, four, five years later, you're in a wheelchair. And then all of a sudden you're hitting walls and doors, and you're reminded of your limitations. A simple thing like making, designing it so it's universally uh, uh, designed for handicap accessibility, as an example, is a small thing, but it allows a person to focus on their dreams and wants as opposed to their limitations. So well, it also as, helps them keep their dignity. Exactly. Exa- see, dignity, everything I'm talking about has a, 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 an ingredient that involves dignity because we all have it growing up. We're respected. Our dreaming is respected. Our wishes are. But for some reason, as we get older, everybody knows better. And that's just not the yeah. case. Now, I had a friend of mine. He's since since passed away a few months ago, but he was there when I went to Scandinavia. He had a small appliance repair group that uh, used to 
fix small appliances. They had a bunch of men used to volunteer. So he was here at the old Swedish home. He saw that I went to Scandinavia. He saw that I wrote Unlimited Options for Aging. He saw me design and develop the Scandinavian Living Center. And then his wife passed away. And instead of coming to me and saying, Joe, I'm coming to the Scandinavian Living Center because it's the best place in the world. Oh, Joe, I think you're a great guy. He basically looked at me and said, Joe, I'm coming to the Scandinavian Living Center because my toolbox is there. And what he, what he was saying, I'm sure he thought I was a great guy. I hope he did. He was a good friend. But what he was saying to me is, I want to maintain my lifestyle. I am connecting to my friends and peers through this small appliance. Why would I have to go reinvent myself somewhere else? So in a exactly. sense, he gave me a compliment. So now you have residential reality, lifestyle. It's all very important. It's giving choices. So now we have maintaining and providing our promoting rather our autonomy and autonomy and and this is this is natural i mean we hear it now and say of course autonomy is important but back then we were deciding what was important for our aging population and it's and to have autonomy you have to supply opportunities you have to encourage people to make a choice and take responsibility now i have two simple examples we Asked for washer dryer hookups in all the apartments. Now, 20 years ago, they thought I was crazy. And I had seen washer dryers in nursing homes in Denmark. Denmark, 20, 30 years ahead of all of us. And they're in nursing homes, private rooms, people bring in their own furniture. We're starting to do that now here in the States because the consumers want that. They don't want to be in, uh, in a room with two, three, and four people. That's an institutional reality. But we got the hookups, and, and this is important. People living here can walk down the hall, do their personal laundry for free, because we supply the detergent and the soap. But they still have the choice, like you and I. Do I go to the laundromat, or do I do my, my laundry in my home? That's a subtle, subtle example, but they're taking, making that choice. And even though everything is free down the hall, they bring in washer dryer setups stackable mm-hmm. units in their apartments so they can make that choice, take responsibility, and, and maintain, in a sense, their lifestyle. But the best example is Edna. Edna comes here. Now, I knew Edna for years. She used to visit relatives at the old Swedish home. She moves in around 90 years old. And we, I, I sit with Edna and I say, Edna, we have a great fitness center. We have all this Kaiser equipment. We have a fitness director. You need to get in here and exercise. She looked at me and says, I've never done that. I'm not going to do that. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk. Now, I said to you earlier that we have single-loaded corridors around a courtyard. That means we have two floors of indoor tracks, 13 times around is a mile. Edna decided her choice to start walking. And because she was a bookkeeper, she kept track of her steps. Oh, I love it. And and listen to this. When she left us here at 100 years old, I think she had to go to a nursing facility, she had walked over 3,000 miles. Wow. And, three, and see the, the impact of when someone is allowed to take responsibility for their choices. They're, they buy into it. And in a sense, the lifestyle, her lifestyle was maintained. So you can look at those first three principles. You can't take one and say, let's build a facility. You can't do that. They all need to work together. Now, this is the fourth principle. When I wrote about it 20 years ago, I alluded to it because I would go visit places in Scandinavia and there was some connection with the community. 
And community-centered living, the fourth principle, is the glue that keeps it all together. It's the most important ingredient for creating unlimited options for aging across the board. It's not enough to build that beautiful building. It's not enough to have a country club setting that impresses everybody when you first come in. You need to connect. You have to, right? right? So the evolution of community-centered living begins with the Newton Recreation Group. When we opened up the Scandinavia Living Center, 50% of our property, now remember we only have 40 apartments, is made up of common community space. Okay. I remember when we were opening up, the bank at the time said to me, Joe, nobody does this. I mean, you're standalone traditional assisted living, and you have more common space, just as much, 50%, as you do living space. Now, what he didn't understand is we were working, the Scandinavian Living Center was based on principles, solid principles that I had proven through the research, but I knew that to be successful, you had to connect people. The residents Definitely. living there, right? It's all, yeah. It, and what a value that is. So I thought we had a beautiful building. We had all this common space. The Newton Recreation Group needed a venue. They had 30, 40 people playing cards, and they needed a place. And I said, well, look, when I had visited my last place, Foreman Center, that I mentioned earlier, and it changed me professionally, Foreman Center had basically d- they did the research on their neighbors. What do we need? What do the young and old need? So once they figured that out, they built, they said, well, let's add housing to that. And that's how that came together. They had hmm. hundreds of clubs meeting at Foreman Center, which is located in Sandefjord, Norway. Now, that place has become so connected to their community, their neighbors have wrapped around, around the, the building. Now, I'm going to give you examples, but let me tell you how powerful community-centered living has to be. Uh You could have the best place in the country, in the world, but if you're not connected, this is what happens. And this is a terrible analogy, actually, but just bear with me. If that building burns down, the first question you and I are going to ask is, is everybody safe? Oh, that's too bad. And then after a couple of days, we forget about it because everybody was safe. We've lost a building. Now, that building is connected, and they're utilizing community center living, and it's connected to their neighbors and friends. That same building burns down to the ground. You tear the heart out of the neighborhood. That's how powerful yeah. community center living is. So I, didn't un- I thought you could just build it, and they would come, and everything would be fine. We had 40 apartments, 45 residents, and I knew that we could not develop 100 clubs or 50 clubs with the residents living there, that we really had to have a community club network from the neighborhood, from the city of Newton. So the Newton Recreation Club comes in with their residents, their neighbors, friends of residents living there. And the residents turn to me and say, and they go into the Nordic Hall, which is a beautiful, beautiful venue here at the center. And the residents turn to me and say, Joe, we can't go in there. That's the outside community. And it was, right? So here's what happens. You and I, over the years, and all of us throughout the country, we have this institutional mindset that once someone moves to a facility, they're in an institution. So now the residents, they have moved to a beautiful assisted living, and they think they're not part of the community anymore. 
And I remember going into the Nordic Hall, looking out the window, looking at a home that was 20 yards away and saying, boy, that person is part of the community, but I'm inside. If I stick my arm out, my arm is the outside community. So right away I realized you can't just bring people in. You, You have to create this atmosphere for them to come together. So we literally worked with the residents for several weeks. They would play on the same day as this card group, and they would be in another room. We did that for a few weeks. Then we brought them into the Nordic group in the Nordic Hall at another table. And eventually, members of the card group would move in because they they, they knew the place. They were comfortable. And the residents living here would start to play with the group. And then I realized that really we needed to – we had to expose – everybody to the fact that it's okay to come to assisted living and nursing home, continuing care retirement community. It's okay to be part of that organization. So that was the beginning of understanding that it was just not a beautiful building. We had to do more. So now I mentioned we had this beautiful fitness center and a physical therapy company comes to us and says, can I rent space here? I'd like to put an office here and utilize your fitness center. And I said, this is great. We have residents working out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I can walk down the hall if I need PT. And residents can walk in their families. And now we have neighbors coming in. I thought, this is a great idea. We have PT, young and old will come together. In the first week, a teenager comes in. He's with his mother. (laughs) His mother questions the director of the PT, physical therapy. says, what is my son doing here? This is an assisted living. This is not an appropriate environment. (laughs) Right? It's it's institutional thinking because this is what we're used to. Why are you here at an assisted living? A week later, it becomes a mute point. The boy starts to have drinks and sharing conversations with the residents in the cafe. And that's when I realized the institutional walls are going to have to come down. Through, we can't force it, but it has to happen naturally. And there has to be some type of exposure so people get used to it. There was a, uh, years ago, there was a wonderful study, I think it was done by Princeton, where they brought people into a room. Oh, they actually had, I think it was maybe a pregnant woman. They would put into a room and and have other people look through this two-way mirror and stare at this person because it was an uncomfortable thing to walk in and look at a pregnant woman. And once they did that, they got exposed, they felt comfortable, and then they would bring the person in the room and there was no issue. And that's, in a sense, what we're trying to do. We need to expose, again, each other to elders. Now, a couple of great connections continue to happen through the past 10 years. Newton at Home is a, a volunteer group. Their mission is to help people stay at home. And I kid with them and tell them, your mission is to keep people out of the Scandinavian Living Center. Yeah. And, 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 and then someone would ask me, why would you have them renting space there? It doesn't make sense. They're going against everything you believe in. And I would say, you know, if you believe in unlimited options for aging, there's no one answer. We're all working together to make this possible. Exactly. Now, right? So, so you can take, you can be, you should, you should stay home if that's what you want, and we should all try to make it possible. But if you're isolated at home and you're not right. connected, right? You're in an institutional setting. Well, exactly. Not, and and this is what happens when you create, when you get the opportunity for community-centered living, little miracles and crazy things start to happen. I had a resident. Her name was Cleo. She was 102 years old. 
She's one of many, though, but she's my favorite example. She starts to volunteer at Newton at Home. Her job as a volunteer was to call this 87-year-old gentleman who was a shut-in elder at home to make sure he was safe. Okay. Now, now if you think about that, someone living in an assisted living, with all the labeling we put on that, is watching out for someone living in the community. Look at me. There's no, there's no barrier. They're helping each other out. Right. It never stops. And today I have residents that volunteer for Newton at Home. So that exchange took place. Now, the other thing that we have here, and this makes sense across the board, we have a cultural center. We have the Scandinavian Cultural Center. That is, an, that is a performing arts venue for the community. And I remember when we were hiring one of the first cultural directors, I said to the person, look, this is a separate organization. This is a separate company. Don't think about the residents. Ignore the residents living here. I want you to focus on the community. And what I was saying to that person, and actually what I didn't say to her was the residents living at the center are part of that same community. Right. But I didn't want that new director to focus her energies on, oh, I have to please the residents, because I didn't want her to have any limitations put put on her on the quality of programs coming in. So what has happened over the years, the cultural center, which could never exist on its own, is living under the roof of the Scandinavian Living Center, just like Newton at Home and the PT company. They can't do it on their own. So what we do is share space with people that want to help the community. And the cultural center has become over and over a connecting place for everybody. Now, uh, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And alone, yeah. how many times have you heard of a performing arts studio or program go under because they can't afford to stay? Right. The cultural center can now focus on quality programs. They don't have to worry about maintenance. They don't have to worry about the building because overall the organization is taking care of that. Now, right. the residents... They get to go. They'll sell tickets. I have to buy a ticket to go to a program, but the residents living here get to go for free because that's a benefit. They walk down the hall, and they don't have to take Perfect. a bus or a train to a performing arts center because we have it here. But they can do that, too. They can go to an event at the cultural center, but they can also take a bus if they want to because that's the autonomy. What I have seen over the years is their, their neighbors are coming. Neighbors who haven't seen each other for 20 years are connecting at a cultural center, which is located in assisted living. So I guess what I'm telling you is community-centered living, for all the housing units, everything we build now for our older adults, has to be the central connection for a neighborhood and a community. Yes, and I that's totally what's starting agree. to happen. Right? And I never expected yeah. that. I wasn't thinking of neighbors coming together. But I've witnessed it, and I've experienced it. And I've seen people who have disconnected come together in the most unusual way. And that's it's so wonderful. It's, 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 and it's common sense. Joe, we're now, starting to run out of time. What's one last thing you'd like to tell me? We have an opportunity as the baby boomers, the aging population, to share the wisdom experience to the younger generation. This younger generation of ours will probably be one of the wisest, more experienced group coming up because if we wrap our arms around this community-centered living, we're, giving a, we're creating an opportunity for the young and old to come together. And I think all housing should 
embrace community-centered living. Not only embrace it, I'm hoping they look at what we've done and try to improve upon it. Because at the end of the day, you, I, the caregivers, we're, we will all benefit. It's probably the biggest contribution as the, the, the baby boomers of today can give back to the younger generation. That's, so that's what I would say. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been a pleasure having you as our guest, and I hope next time I'm up north to come visit you. Um, you can learn more at www.slcenter.org. And I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in. Join us next time on Tuesday, June 14th at 2 p.m. for our next Caregiver Speak radio show. Our caregiving expert, Marjorie Pat Steinitz, will speak to Marcy, a journalist and long-distance caregiver, about cooking as a healing form and wellness exercise. To learn more about eCare Diary and our up-and-coming shows, visit www.ecarediary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care care diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Our Twitter address is e care underscore diary. Thank you again, and have a delicious day. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. All right. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.